It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. We roll through the latest news on the Bulls from the viewpoint of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. We hope you're ready because it's time to go full speed ahead. Now with Michael Kelly, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And we go full speed ahead into 2022 with a recap of 2021. Derek Sharp with Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. And first of all, the opportunity to go over what has been quite the eventful year. Of course, it includes the end of the last sports calendar and the start of this one. And Michael, we'll touch on a lot of things. I know we've had shows throughout the course of the year that have already addressed a bunch of big topics, but quite a lot to look back on, huh? You're right, Derek. Obviously, with just uh, this week, we just had our last uh, game uh, with women's basketball winning over Jacksonville, the last uh, sporting event of the calendar year of 2021, and just a great time to be with you and to kind of reflect back on uh, on so many things that occurred this year and so many positive things, not only that we should all reflect back on, but to, to know how that's positioning us for what we've got in the year and years ahead. Being that we're taping this towards the end of the December month, we're both at our, at our homes, if you couldn't tell already, uh, with Michael on Zoom, and I'm here at a, my setup in the kitchen, so we'll hope to serve up a lot of information for you, maybe scoop a couple of things to look forward to, but yeah, we d definitely want to look back, and we'll do it in two segments. So I want to call this segment the on the field, off the field, and future fields segment. So let's start with, of course, on the field. And I know we've touched on these, again, in shows uh, in the past, but it's worth repeating what happened on the field, and that is all the titles. We've got to start there. There have been a lot of special moments, but all the American Athletic Conference titles and or NCAA tournament runs, it's impossible to pick a favorite, although there are a lot of big-time moments. And just in general, though, the success of all the programs is the big story there, huh, Michael? That's right. That was indeed, uh, in many ways, the ultimate story for 2021 that we uh, all need to always remember fondly and, and to know that we had uh, uh, had those had those six different conference champion trophies that we earned last year. We had uh, uh, eight different programs reach national postseason competition, and uh, even our co-ed uh, cheer team, which doesn't compete in an NSA sport, uh, but obviously mm -hmm. through the associations they're part of, went ahead and won their first national championship. So. Just thinking back on, on on those on those moments and on those accomplishments of our student athletes is something we should never uh, never forget and, and, and realize what the, that just shows the overall strength and depth of our of our athletic department to have that many programs perform at such a high, at such a high level. And again, we're covering like the, the past spring. Remember, and this is part of what happened last year uh, with a lot of the previous 2020 fall sports moved into the spring. You had women's soccer getting the championships then, along with women's basketball and this was in a tight window when we had that going on then there was baseball and of course men's golf as well and you know it's funny uh, we had so many amazing games you just look at the conference championship victory for baseball and then of course spring into the regionals and yet I, I was thinking about my, my favorite moments for the year and some of them actually come from losses the Drew Brutcher home run against Texas that tied it in the top of the ninth. Might be my favorite moment of the year. In fact, it was in a loss. It's full three and two. Wit to the plate. Fly ball hit pretty well toward right. Fair or foul. It's got home run distance. It's gone. Drew Brutcher has tied the game in the ninth. A two run homer. 
Bulls three, Texas three. Georgina Cork in the NCAA Regional, which I had the privilege to call, uh, pitching her heart out and actually being given a standing O by the Florida Gators fans as they knew they were about to eliminate USF. Mostly wins, but even in some defeats, we had some incredible moments. <laughs> there were some magical moments there. I still uh, uh, remember my six... Uh, uh, fist pumps uh, as, as Sydney Harvey continued to pour in uh, three after three in the first half of the of the AAC championship as well. But Shea Leverett gets the rebound. Harvey pulls up for three. Good! Sydney Harvey makes her 6-3. And the war on I-4 has the right score. It's 51-27. UCF needs a timeout. So lots of things uh, happen, and, and, and we can't forget the uh, the final uh, pretty much long distance putt. <laughs> Even yes. though we had the championship in hand with, uh, with the men's championship, but uh, we left nothing to doubt there with that great closing putt. I think I've watched the Drew Brutcher home run about 100 times and then uh, talking about <laughs> men's tennis winning uh, for the second year in a row, by the way, they, they won their first round NCAA tournament match against Duke, which I just naturally, as a Kentucky guy growing up disliked Duke, so to watch them win against Duke in any sport was fantastic. But for the second year in a row, the team they played in the second round and bowed out against, this time the Gators, went on to win the national championship. Uh, but when you add it all up, and I think a great service to do that would be the Director's Cup, and you had a fantastic finish for the Bulls in that category, and that really gives you an, a snapshot of how everyone is doing, right? And to jump up, uh, what was it, more than 25 spots to 69th in the country was a big deal. It was, and, that, and that's a, it's not a perfect measurement or metric uh, by any means, but it is one that, that, that our, our department and certainly myself uh, uh, want to gravitate toward and continue to look at. It, it does show uh, and, and, and acknowledge uh, great uh, you know, depth and, and, and overall uh, uh, strength of an athletic department when their teams, when multiple teams can perform at a, at a high level to earn those points. And for us to, to, um, you know, be in the top 70, uh, when there's over 360 some odd schools that play at the division one level, that's a, that's a major, major accomplishment. And, and especially when you realize that six of the programs that, uh, uh that we were uh, ahead of were, uh, in, in, in conferences that, uh, you know, referred to as the autonomy five and that sort of thing. And it just shows that, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're getting everything we can out of the resources that we uh, do, that, we're, that we, we punt, we're not afraid of anything, that we uh, compete and, and, and punch above our weight more times than not. And, and it's, it's a point of pride. But for, for me to look at our long-term vision for this athletic department, uh, even though it'll, it'll take uh, a lot of commitment, it'll take more investment uh, uh, and, and fundraising to do it, to give our, our student athletes all the tools they need to compete on a fair level. Uh, but, but shooting toward the, uh, you know, ultimately trying to get into the top 50 of that that group is, is is kind of the ultimate goal and measuring stick of what I think the potential of this department is. And if, you know, if we can do that, that would be uh, uh, what I really want to accomplish in the next couple of years. Well, when you have nine of your programs make the postseason, and that's basically half, then that's going to help up that number. Now you just got to get it over 50%, and a lot of other teams were very, very close. Uh, Another thing that's very impressive about the Director's Cup performance for the Bulls, second in the entire American Athletic Conference, Pretty far ahead of number three, Houston, way far ahead of Cincinnati. So, again, a pretty good gauge not only in how the Bulls are faring compared to national teams, but especially in their conference. Also, track and field uh, had some individual champions. We can't forget the progress that they made as well. Uh, and, of course, that's the on-the-field segment of this. Let's go to the off-the-field, which is the academics. And I know you recently had graduation and the graduation success rate, which was basically 1% off the school record at 85. So uh, that's an important part of it too. And I know you love to stress it and so do the coaches. 
Well, it's the holistic part of that that sometimes uh, we all need a reminder of. Yes. Uh, we we want to we want we're, we're, we want to win championships. We're here to do that. But as I said when I first came on board three years ago, you know, it's 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 being champions at multiple levels. It's it's being champions on the fields and courts, of course. And we've we've established ourselves and held held firmly on that. But it's how to how do you do that in the classroom and ultimately in the community as well? And, and, uh, I know that the, you know, COVID has kind of limited to some extent our, our community involvement, but, but certainly not shut it out. We've had many teams out there in the community trying to do their part for Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and obviously particularly with some recent recent relationships with Habitat for Humanity and some things that we've been able to do with a lot of our programs, mm-hmm. but ultimately the mission ladies and gentlemen is, is, is to graduate our student athletes and to make their dreams come true in their sport, but also, in their professional uh, careers, and so you're you're very right to have uh, uh, to, to to basically have a last spring we had a, a record 237 student athletes that were named to the AAC all academic teams. Uh, our our overall GPA uh, came in uh, for the last academic year that was completed at 3.23. Uh, so when you when you're talking nearly 500 student athletes uh, performing at a level to still get over a 3.2 as as an overall average, it's uh, it shows that they're taking their academics seriously, that their coaches are are stressing it as an importance, and that our support staff, both in the academics and and our student athlete enhancement divisions, are are really drilling at home. And 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 ultimately, that's that's the mission. And uh, when I see that uh, holistic approach to the uh, mind, body, and spirit of our Bulls student athletes, that's uh, that's really what we all should take pause on. Uh, you know, here today on one of the last days of the year to kind of look look forward to. See that five programs had the perfect 100% graduation success rate. Give them a shout-out with uh, women's soccer, also both tennis teams, softball as well as women's golf. And uh, the women's basketball team, 93%, basically one away from being perfect. So uh, that's among the highlights of many when it comes to the off-the-field success and off-the-courts, as you say. Uh, let's go to the future fields and or courts. I know everyone wants to hear if there's an update on the how the indoor performance facility is progressing. I see some people on Twitter want, Twitter want a, a live webcam. Don't know if we're going to go that far with it, but there's progress being made, right? <laughs> well, I've been excited to see the excitement from our fan base about the uh, indoor performance facility. It is nice to be able to look out. To, maybe I just take it for granted to look out the window each day and, sure. and see uh, progress happening, but uh, we will continue to take great photos and videos and, and, and give everybody all the insights they can on on that exciting progress. But uh, that was clearly a major milestone for us to, in essence, raise all the money for that uh, wow. um, uh, project, uh, mostly in the midst of a pandemic. And when you look around the country, there's not a lot of facilities being built on college campuses right now, to be quite honest with you. And it kind of just shows the support of the university, our foundation, and ultimately, uh, our donors that uh, and our and our Bulls Club staff that have been relentless in the pursuit of getting the support, making the case for it, and and uh, for our fans to and donors to respond to realizing that this is an important uh, next step. We, we we've got a beautiful athletic district, uh, you know, athletic district in the University of South Florida, but in, in all fairness, we really hadn't done a lot to it when you up until when we last finished our our great you know soccer and baseball and softball stadiums, and and since then what might seem like, hey, those are still brand new and they do look fantastic, but, you know, eight to 10 years in, in, in the realm of uh, athletic departments uh, from a facility standpoint is, is, is really, truly is a lifetime. And so I'm excited about uh, what we'll really be looking into is not only what we did in our, we made some enhancements to the Leroy Selman Center this year with the football locker room and some enhancements to the main meeting rooms and everything upstairs. We've uh, uh, obviously broken ground and started substantial construction on our indoor performance facility 
um, and, and, and just having the, my goal for the future on this is to be having projects and potentially multiple projects going on all the time because I think that's the sign of growth. That's the sign of uh, being able to give our student athletes in all sports what they need to move forward. And it's ultimately what helps us uh, propel ourselves up to even winning more championships and positioning ourselves for, um, you, you know, for great things on a national level and, and the conference affiliation and everything else. So it all takes a plan and a strategy and, uh, you know, look forward to uh, having facilities being a major part of that. So we will continue to just strictly on the IPF, keep taking great pictures of that and showing you more and more as, as things happen. I, I know next week, uh, Cement's starting to roll in now that we got the, the ground flattened out, and we'll start uh, seeing more things start to go up in the air here real soon. And uh, you mentioned the uh, locker room upgrade, and anytime I walk by there, I have to pop my head in there. It still looks like I'm looking at a, a photo or a rendering. It's 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 like a work of art. It's unbelievable. But I am curious, and I know it's just in the things have been knocked down and uh, raised, and now we're getting ready to actually put cement down, as you say. But is there still some sort of buzz? Do you still get uh, that sort of giddy vibe from, say, Jeff Scott and others that are going to benefit? And I know everyone's going to benefit. Oh, yeah. Well, number one, just on what we were able to do with the football uh, locker room, it's already paid benefits. So, uh, you know, the great source of pride that our our, our team uh, took in that this year was was quite evident. And, and when you look at the uh, success of our, uh, you know, recruiting this, this offseason so far and the top-ranked uh, uh, transfer um, recruiting class in the entire country. Right. That would not have happened. I, I guarantee it would not have happened without uh, obviously Coach Scott and his uh, vibrant staff. But if we hadn't shown that type of investment and commitment to our program, that's not going to happen. And, and I just think that that's just a great an initial shot of proof that this type of commitment is what springs us forward. And and uh, the football recruiting rankings are a great indicator of that already. When, when you think of even more to come with an indoor performance facility, which again, not only helps football to point to that and see that progress, but every single sport this year is going to be able to look at that and use that and be able to point that, that construction going up to, to their prospective student athletes and current student athletes and say, look, you know, USF and its donors are making a commitment to athletics. This is part of uh, our, our next uh, chapter in, in the athletic realm for us and, and creating what I truly believe uh, as we continue to build will be one of the finest athletic districts in, in all the country. I love the way it's concise. I like the way it's been planned. And I can't wait to be able to put more into it in terms of making, uh, again, this athletic district just phenomenal, both in a, in a quality standpoint, but also in a, in a convenience and, 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 and logistics standpoint. And before we get to another big-time donation, speaking of donors, and another facility improvement, specifically baseball and softball, we'll get to that next. But I want to ask you if there's anything to tell people about progress towards an on-campus stadium. Because, of course, when you think about the groundbreaking for the indoor performance facility, you think of Mr. Weatherford, and uh, the momentum sort of carried over from there. But uh, obviously we're talking about years from now, but is there anything you'd like to, to announce when it comes to that? Well, just another great update, another proof of the university being uh, behind and, and making athletics a priority to have a, a chairman of our board of trustees willing to, uh, uh, you know, put put his neck out there and, and and say that that's a priority for the university to have a president like President Law that's uh, uh, has it in her goals uh, to to make sure we stay on track to make that happen and make sure it's a clear goal uh, to whomever uh, we're fortunate enough to attract to our president's position full time here uh, in the next couple of months. So, um, you know, again, to me, it just shows that uh, the commitment and and again changing from great current success but looking toward what needs to happen for us to to achieve all the goals that all of our fans donors alumni students all want um, but you can't just want it has to be a there has to be a strategy a plan and support to make it happen and i think uh, that's just part of it so what's happened since we made that bold announcement back in september is 
Uh, we've got dozens of people on campus working on it in earnest as it should be since it's a presidential goal. Um, but we've got uh, you know, updating major feasibility studies, identifying uh, uh, different funding mechanisms, uh, working on a finalized uh, exact site on campus that it'll take place and, and establishing what we think is gonna be the realistic timeframe, which we announced a couple of weeks ago will be somewhere in the, in the 26 to 28 uh, season type time range. But uh, in my own mind, I've got the, I've got the 27 uh, opener against Miami is something that I'm personally shooting for because we've got that game on the schedule. And I think that would be an awesome date on September 4, 2027. So if we can beat it the year before. Great. If not, uh, we'll, we'll do the best we can. But that's kind of what I'm kind of driving my own internal mind to as a, as a North Star. Well, nobody has actual calendars anymore, but if I had one, that would be the date I would circle on my calendar now, 9427. <laughs> Thank you for putting that out there. Uh, now, it, bold, embolden it on your digital calendar. <laughs> yes, embolden <laughs> it. I have to get my wife to embolden it. Uh, now, I did mention the baseball and softball situation, the very generous $1.5 million donation from James and Christy Lockhart, and I saw what uh, the video that you guys put out with yourself and Ken and Billy, Ken Erickson and Billy Mull, about how important this is going to be. And one thing that people might not know about baseball and softball is, you know, they're not that far from the Selman Athletic Center, but they don't have their own facility there on their field, so they walk back and forth kind of thing. But down the road, that won't be the case. Speak about what's going on there. Yeah, well, because of that uh, important lead gift, we, we, we're going to be able to make some major improvements to our existing facility, which will, in essence, make uh, what we'll call as a performance center enhancements. They'll be able to fully enclose our um, batting cages, create uh, enhancements to our pitching areas uh, to uh, to just, again, similar to the indoor performance facility, allow us to uh, do anything we need to do, rain or shine, to, to update with modern technology, uh, to, to just do some things that, again, to some that just think, wow, we have great, a brand new baseball and softball stadium in some ways. We do, but like I said, it's been 10 years almost, and uh, you got to make enhancements, especially when you've got caliber programs like we have in softball and baseball that have proven uh, to make it all the way to either Super Regionals or College World Series level programs. And so since we have the thirst to continue that, we're going to have to continue to invest. And, and so, again, that, that baseball softball facility is one of the next new things. We've got uh, – we have drawings and plans and some gifts that have been established in years past uh, since I've been here for uh, some tennis center enhancements that are going to be an important thing to kind of draw toward. And, and pretty much, uh, you know, a lot of enhancements we anticipate going toward the corral uh, this year as well to enhance uh, our volleyball facilities, which are in, in need of a of an upgrade as well. So a lot of things just to mention that will be uh, will are, we're also making improvements to our track surface uh, uh, as we speak here in the first quarter to get that uh, ready and give us the ability to host more meets in the future than we've been able to. And all those things are all a part of these programs that we got visions for over the next couple of years with the coaches we have in place. And of course, men's golf, which wins the conference tournament every year, they're you know. People might not know, but the men's golf team is practically a given for the NCAA tournament every single year. That's where Coach Bradley has gotten the, the program at this point. And, of course, the women's golf team is on the uprising as well. Anything to update with their facilities? Well, you're absolutely you're right. With the, with the uh, great success on, on both those programs, it's important to keep uh, their facilities uh, always improving and looking for the future as well. So we've got uh, uh, important plans to uh, improve the area, particularly the short game area at our uh, golf complex there. And, and, uh, as we look toward the future, um, you know, we'd love to be able to find a way to not only make the improvements we've already got planned for the short game area and the greens and that sort of thing, but to also explore the possibility of enclosing, uh, you know, a part three or part four and part five hole in or around 
um, which which exist right now, but to kind of make it ingrained into the uh, uh, overall complex is, is part of the long range goal for us to make that kind of a you know state of the art, if you will, uh, golf complex that's become somewhat of the trend on the national collegiate golf scene to kind of have that opportunity. And when you combine that daily practice area for our women and men's golf team, but then the great support we get locally from different golf courses that allow them to, to, to play full rounds, um, you know, throughout the week is it gives us uh, a leg up over, over many in the country and we'll continue to keep our program strong. Well, there you heard it, not just uh, baseball and softball and well, every sport with the indoor performance facility, but also things going on at the corral. I know I have my volleyball perch to broadcast from on USF Bulls Unlimited. If I could ask for that to be an open air perch, uh, that's the light <laughs> other thing I'll throw in there. But that's all really, really exciting stuff. And we said future fields as part of this part of the segment. Uh, women's lacrosse. As we haven't had a chance to talk, at least on record, about the announcement of a new sport coming in the next couple of years let's go through that uh it's exciting news yeah we made that announce announcement in november that i don't want us to over overlook either because uh adding a new sports for the first time in a, in a long time that we've we've added a, a sports to our a sport to our portfolio and to have uh, women's lacrosse coming into that mix here uh, we'll start competition in the 23 24 academic year it's a spring sports it'll be the 24 season if you will but we'll, we'll be hiring a coach here in the next couple of months uh, so certainly by july 1 we'll have someone in place that uh, she or he will uh, be be ready to roll and and uh, begin uh, camps and and recruits and and uh, kind of get people uh, established here so that the following year they'll we'll have our our, our, our slate of uh, you know the inaugural team and <laughs> of student athletes for women's lacrosse and it's a sport that's growing tremendously nationwide uh, it's growing a lot here scholastically in the uh, in the state of Florida, and, and I'm very confident that we'll be able to build a formidable program quickly. I've been uh, I anticipated it, but I've been really impressed by the uh, constant influx of uh, inquiries we get from interested coaches, but more importantly, from interested uh, young women that want to come to USF okay. now because of the establishment of a Division One lacrosse program. So it's already pr uh, proving uh, uh, successful for us, and can't wait to get that get that started. That answers my follow-up question. What kind of response have you gotten? Sounds like it's been a good response. And is there any possibility that, of course, you mentioned uh, getting on the field actually in 2024. Is there another sport uh, to come down the road or maybe in the next not-so-distant future? There is. And, and, and we made, when we made the announcement, we, we alluded to the fact that we anticipate adding multiple uh, or at least one other uh, women's sport here in the, in the not-too-distant future. And uh, we're, we're kind of doing our, our final parts of due diligence on that here. But anticipate in the first quarter of, uh, of 2022, we'll make another announcement that will uh, uh, lead to uh, another exciting next chapter in, in USF athletics. So uh, obviously, when you look at some of the great success we're having and have had in women's sports, when you look at uh, uh, some of the dedication we've had and, and, and the foresight we've had in terms of establishing our stampede for women from a fundraising standpoint and, yes. and, and, uh, and all that sort of thing, it's, it's, it sets up well for a um, major part of our upcoming strategic plan to be the uh, establishment of, of uh, multiple uh, women's sports programs at USF. And it goes without saying, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it anyway, obviously, whatever that, whenever that new sport is announced, it'll be exclusive on bull speed ahead. I mean, that goes without saying, right? Nobody will be there sharp on the story. No mm -hmm. promise. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> okay. That's our first segment of our year end wrap up on the field, off the field and future fields. We'll come back and hit on some other topics uh, that you guys will be interested in. When we return, Bull Speed Ahead presented by Tampa General Hospital. Mm -hmm. 
In collaboration with USF Health, Tampa General Medical Group, and private practice physicians, Tampa General Hospital was just named one of the nation's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report and the highest ranked in Florida in five specialties. Ear, nose, and throat, diabetes and endocrinology, gastroenterology and GI surgery, orthopedics and rehabilitation. Tampa General Hospital. Other hospitals practice medicine. We define it. Back to Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. Here's your host, Derek Sharp. Kind of hard to summarize 2021 in just a couple minutes. That's why we're going a little bit longer than that here on this year end. Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. Uh, one thing that happened during the year, and you're thinking, well, what, what are they going to talk about? Uh, the expansion, the future expansion to the American Athletic Conference. Well, we actually addressed that in our last podcast. So if you want to check out the USF Bulls Unlimited SoundCloud page, just Type in Bull Speed Ahead and you can catch the previous episode on this. We're wrapping up the year, and among the many things that happened, uh, i got to touch on how it's gone so far, and that is name, image, and likeness. I know that was uh, a big source of controversy for a while, not necessarily with you guys, but in general, and uh, it seems like it's been pretty smooth since it started. Uh, from USF's angle, how's it gone? Well, it has been smooth. It gave us an opportunity to provide uh you know, that our student athletes are able to benefit from things related to name, image, and likeness, unlike any time previous. And the best thing we could do was try to be able to establish some platform and some educations and services to, to give them an opportunity. Uh, through our partnership with Influencer, we established a program called Boost that, uh, uh, again, gives a lot of uh, handy tools and resources to our student athletes to kind of help them establish their business, if you will, because that's really what it comes down to. It, this This is about uh, giving them opportunities to do things they weren't able to do before. I will say as we're getting started off, I guess last I checked, it was a little bit over a hundred of our student athletes had made some sort of agreement with, uh, with, with folks, maybe at, at smaller uh, levels of, of uh, transactions. But again, just having the ability to start that and to, to be able to do that is, is a great step in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I do think as we saw in the news a couple weeks ago that the state of Florida, which is the bill that we're, still in essence governed by because there's no outside of uh, making sure there's not a direct pay for play type of a situation from the NCA standpoint, it's still kind of governed by uh, your state legislature. And we've got a state that's been very supportive of student athlete rights and, and, and benefits. And, and um, I know uh, Chip Lamarca, who's the one that established the, the bill uh, for the state of Florida has uh, recently introduced some, some, uh, modifications or at least some suggested language to the bill that might even pro provide, you know, more resources in terms of uh, platforms we can provide to student athletes. So that'll be a big part of next year is, is how can we, uh, to the ability we're permitted to uh, provide more of a, a platform for our student athletes to uh, benefit. And that's going to be a big part of the reality of, of what happens in college sports. You're starting to see a little bit more um, at schools around the country and we're going to be uh, very creative and very supportive of any uh, any right our student athletes can have, so we we we're eager to stay up with the times and be very progressive in our approach and our support for student athletes. Well, while that has definitely gone smooth as smooth as it can go with everything that's been bumpy, of course I'm talking about navigating through COVID and doing that on multiple junctures, including the most recent one as we're taping this uh, amidst all these cancellations in basketball late in December. Um, how has your staff come out of it? How has the athletic you know 
department come out of it. I, I know people don't know a, a lot of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It, it costs, you know, a lot of schools, including USF, some facility members. It was tough, but as much as you can endure, it, I think it's been handled perfectly on your end. Well, there's nothing for anything perfect when you're talking about a worldwide uh, pandemic, Derek, but you bringing up brings thoughts to me about the last year, just how appreciative I am of our of our staff and, and our student athletes, of course, at, at USF. But, you know, when, when people in, in a business where you're looking at a scoreboard all the time and, and as we should, um, sometimes I, I don't know if everyone fully realizes just the type of uh, impact that the, uh, the financial repercussions of the, of, the, of the pandemic had on specifically on athletics. I mean, we, we lost. Uh, a great bit of our revenue. We had to lay off a, a great number of people. I think at the end of the day, we, we lost as many as 64 staff members. And, and uh, so when you, when you're, when you're, your forces get depleted to that extent and your priority needs to be on, on the student athletes and keeping their sports uh, alive and well, which we did with our sports medicine and our, and our coaching staffs and all that sort of thing that they fortunately were not, never had to be touch because that was the priority and focus to keep get our kids to be able to keep playing and, and do what they love to do and being our main focus of being here but um you know at the end of the day it was it, it was hard it, man staff members uh, uh picked up multiple jobs added on extra yeah. uh extra support for us and, and helped us um get it now that all the success we talked about on the year kind of made it that much more exciting and a point of pride. So it was kind of fun to, to do. And people that are at USF love, you know, what they do or they wouldn't do it. But, uh, but now coming out of it, we've been able to look at it strategically and been able to, well, not get back to our initial staffing levels have added quite a bit. I, I know we've added at least 30 or 40 positions since, uh, since July to get us back to, uh, you know, good situation, but we've also done it pretty strategically in terms of, investing in things that we think are the best things for the future. We've, we've added still compliance staff that'll help us navigate the NIL waters that we just talked about. We've added and restructured significantly our external staff to be able to provide, uh, uh, you know, greater storytelling and more, um, you know, more um, information for, you know, for our fan base and, and to help promote our student athletes that much better. We've uh, obviously uh, done some things like invest in our, uh, broadcasting division of our external area to be able to bring since fans couldn't come to the same levels that they did over the past year uh, to be able to in essence broadcast almost every home game of um, of most sports to uh, to all of our fans is something I don't want us to take for granted we went from uh, an you know probably what 50 percent you would know best Derek of radio games to now basically doing 100 percent of radio and television games practically on ESPN plus and on Bulls Unlimited so very proud of people digging deep when we, when we knew we were losing people it's like, Hey, and our fans can't get here. How do we still tell the stories and how do we still get the information out about that and allow our fans to watch us? And the good news is that's become a, uh, became an, it was essential, but now it's just become a, a wonderful thing to be proud of with, uh, you know, with our broadcasting division and our external arm that have, I think it helped elevate the storytelling of USF athletics. Oh, it really is amazing. I mean, I, just a couple of the people that you mentioned or alluded to the staffing with Sam and Madeline and some of the people that are uh, behind the scenes, not in front of the camera, putting out great content. And yes, the ESPN Plus, of course, we're the audio side on USF Bulls Unlimited, but ESPN Plus, believe me, I'm a subscriber and I, I, I watch their stuff live and on tape. It's amazing. Really, like you say, pretty much every home sporting event that can be a televised event without some great level of difficulty 
is able to be watched, and that that is nothing to be taken for granted. It doesn't happen in many other places. And I hear tell that uh, there's a possibility for tennis to uh, be added to that. I know they have the uh, American Athletic Conference Championships uh, and I think maybe one regular meet during the season, but maybe looking forward to that in the future, right? Yeah, we're definitely looking to add more to that too. We appreciate the patience of our tennis staff and their understanding. It is a somewhat of a challenging sport to, to broadcast with multiple courts at once, but right. uh, we, we did experiment with it some last year and got one of them on there and we've seen how the championship matches go. So um, yeah, we're excited. We're, we're always going to be looking for ways to expand it and then to, again, showcase our student athletes the best way possible. But again, when I look back as points of pride, uh, when I think of the success we had, the way we're doing in the classroom, and then just seeing uh, some things that I think we always wanted to do. And I appreciate the fans' patience. Sometimes our, our fans will, will point out on things that they want and think we should have. And hey, we fully agree. <laughs> we want to bring everything to, uh, to, to our fans and support our student athletes. It just sometimes takes a little patience and, and it takes uh, in this case it was having to uh, make the most effective use of resources to uh, uh, to do what we had to do and now as we come out of it we, we realize what's what's most uh, important in terms of uh, you know elevating our department we feel good about where we are and we'll, we'll continue to be looking forward to the future as we start to wind it down here on the special year end review of bull speed ahead uh, you mentioned you know listening to what fans say I know community engagement is a big thing uh, I know that you don't just go day by day and, and, and start at the beginning of the day with a, a schedule. You kind of are looking to the future in, in terms of a strategic plan. Uh, you don't have to get specific with it, but in, in general, what types of things are you looking to improve with the program and engaging with the folks in the future? Well, that's a great, that's a great question, Derek. I mean, the, the, the thing for, for me as we kind of wind down this, this year, it's, it's been proud of what we've done. I've been able to observe a lot in these first uh, – uh, three years here, we've basically been more than half my tenure has been in kind of crisis mode to help us get through the pandemic. And we still obviously aren't completely through that yet. But for, for us going forward to achieve the goals we need to, to, to achieve, and now that some of the things that have been set out before us, I, I look to these next three to five years of being extremely exciting times for U.S. athletics. And that takes, that takes causing me to uh, rise above some of the day-to-day activities and continue to help us guide on a strategic plan standpoint. So we are, uh, you know, we know we've got stadiums on board, facilities on board, new sports on board, adjusting to the national landscape of conference realignment, of, of, of constitutional convention changes at the NCAA. All these things that are hitting right now <laughs> and are continuing to change is going to cause us to, to think uh, long-term and holistically on it. And that's why I'm really proud of the way we've built back up our staff. I like the continuity and uh, enhancements to our staff that we're making. I'm appreciative of our head coach leadership and things that they've uh, done through this pandemic and showing great leadership and, and great commitment uh, to the University of South Florida. So uh, I would say this first quarter of our, our year, uh, in addition to dealing with the day-to-day, will be very much focused on um, you know, our good strategic plan to be able to express to our staff, to our student-athletes, and to our community uh, so that everyone is clear about what we need to do and what it's going to take over the next couple of years. I don't think we've ever really had a great chance to do that historically as I kind of look back because I think we've always been kind of a, um, you know, you're kind of going from a, a, a crisis to crisis type of mode uh, just because of the relative use of our athletic department and, and for our maturity and for what we want to achieve long-term. Um, now is the time to uh, be able to realize that what are our goals and more importantly, what is it going to take to get there and how? How can we generate those resources? Some of it's got to come 
obviously from us just on straight old fashioned ticket sales and donations. Some of it's going to continue to come from great support from the university. Um, but we've got to kind of find ways on a national level to be able to raise more revenue and uh, whether that's continuing to embolden the American athletic conference or other conference we can be a part of, uh, obviously it could also be a part of what happens with the college football playoff and its expansion and ultimately what happens with the NCAA national structure. So long and short of my comments, I guess I'm just saying that uh, this next quarter, and we've got all of our staff involved in this. Uh, we've had surveys sent to our entire staff to identify things that we know we need in their respective departments, all the way down from uh, intern level to athletic director level about things that we need. We'll then identify it, prioritize it. And when you kind of put it in, again, back into the full scope of what we need to do over these next uh, three to five years to position ourselves uh, as a university, uh, it'll be really important. And it goes nicely, quite frankly, because that's exactly what the university's just done over the last year and part of why we wanted to wait, because as you, as we might have, our fan listeners might not have been aware of just last, uh, about two weeks ago at the last board of directors meeting, in addition to the on-campus stadium discussion, there was the approval of a strategic plan that the university has just done. And for really, I think the first time in its history, athletics is listed as a major goal and objective on that. And so as that comes, been asked by the president and by the trustees to kind of find ways to dovetail our new plan into that plan of the university. And that's the kind of alignment and uh, coordination it takes uh, to, to have athletics be all they can be. So our staff stands ready to uh, identify those major goals, uh, identify the, uh, the tactics and the strategies it's going to take to get there uh, so that everyone can realize the way that they can uh, uh, assist. Uh, we have so many fans that I hear from, um, both sometimes with, a, with some construction criticism, but mostly with a lot of desire to support. How can I help? And it's going to be a lot easier for people to be able to help if we can kind of show them exactly what, uh, what's on our map and when they can align their personal interests uh, that they have a passion for within our department uh, with something that we need. That's going to make it a lot easier for people to support us and, and get where we want to go. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, the best, uh, as I say often, the best is yet to come for USF Athletics. It's just now we need to provide the, the new roadmap as we uh, all come out of this pandemic to how we get there. Wow. Well, I've, again, I know I've said something similar to this to you per, pretty much on every show, but we couldn't be in better hands with you. Thank you very much for what you do, Michael. And I know you probably have some people you want to thank, uh, maybe some of the fans as we wrap up, maybe a final comment from you. Well, thanks, Derek. And uh, yeah, I look, I always appreciate the opportunity to, to update our fan base through this podcast and look forward to doing that again in, in 2022. But really, to all of Bulls Nation. I just want to uh, thank you. Uh, I know how hard the, the pandemic's been for, for so many, but I hope that uh, the success of our student athletes and our teams has provided you with moments of uh, excitement and pride. And, and uh, I hope we never forget the uh, uh, the opportunity we have almost day in and day out to, to watch our student athletes perform and support them. And um, I know that's what gets me up every day is being able to watch them uh, work toward uh, achieving their goals and dreams and, and winning championships and, and graduating. Um, but to everybody, our staff, uh, our donors, our supporters, our season ticket holders, thank you. Thanks for your faith in us. And thanks for your continued commitment to what I, what I know is going to be a very exciting 2022. So God bless and uh, go Bulls.